0: Coming up on this week's episode of the Premier League Roundup Show. Yeah,
1: I mean, glamorous doesn't really strike you as one of the words to describe Andy Carroll. I mean, Spurs were the first team that managed to come third in a two-horse race, so... I've just
0: realised, what is it with the league cup and
1: alliteration? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Premier League Roundup Show. I'm Felix Allen, and as always, I'm joined by Leo Holland. It's been a while, hasn't it, mate? It has been a while. It's the last podcast we recorded was in mid-December so we've had three uh, f- rounds of fixtures uh, since we last recorded an episode and we are sorry about that but obviously the, uh, the winter break makes it quite hard to uh, get it all together and we're going to be covering the last three rounds of fixtures in this one and then looking forward as we always do to the fixtures to come. So without further ado Let's kick off right where it all started. The last time we recorded this, we
0: didn't yet know that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was going to be in charge of United. Yeah, I remember predicting this game against Cardiff, which ended up being uh, an emphatic five-one win in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's first game as Michael Carrick's first in charge, but he's still assistant manager. And as it turns out, Ole Ollie. Gunnar Solskjaer, Ole as he's affectionately known, has done a very good job in his first three games, although admittedly against Cardiff, Huddersfield and Bournemouth. I think he would be disappointed not to get wins from those games, but an encouraging start nevertheless.
1: Yeah. And so looking back, as we continue to do, on our predictions from the weaker fixtures that we uh, had just before our last podcast and so uh, a little screw up on our part we forgot to predict Arsenal Burnley uh, we're not quite sure how that happened uh, especially but, with Felix around yeah but uh I'm sure we'll, uh, we won't make that mistake again. We'll make sure to go through all of the fixtures. Cardiff United. Uh, Leo predicted a United win. A 2-0 win. I predicted a one all draw. Ye of little faith. Who knew that Solskjaer was going yeah, to pull out be- a blinder? To be fair, I thought it was Carrick. Maybe if I'd known it was Solskjaer and the, the, kind of the revamp that was... Uh, coming I might have changed my prediction. Anthony Martial
0: scoring our goal of the month in what was a brilliant United move passing one touch football running off the ball something we never saw under Mourinho and now Sasha has come in all these told because he doesn't have that much coaching experience relegated with Cardiff and then doing okay with Mulder he's just come in and under the really good help of Mike Phelan and Michael Carrick who are both very knowledgeable he's encourage them to play, in brackets, the United way and just go out there and express themselves and play with freedom, which is something that Mourinho hasn't done. And I know everyone's saying it, but he's just taken the shackles off. Yeah, and
1: if you look at that, that squad, I mean, it's such an exceptional squad. Look at because Pogba now. Pogba, Martial... Lingard really can become an, an exceptional player. Rashford, we all know how incredible Rashford is at such at, at his age, and so you know that that squad was just crying out for someone to come in and just let them play with more freedom and and less responsibility defensively and more flair and and attacking style and that's exactly what Solskjaer's done you know I don't think he's done anything remarkably tactical no he hasn't hasn't tried to sort of implement his whole sort of philosophy it's just the United way the attacking free-flowing football and you know when those kind of players that the personnel and the caliber that United have when they're all unleashed it's it's an incredible an incredible attacking lineup and United are now a really quite a, a scary side. You do have to look at Pogba's numbers from the games under Southshire.
0: I mean, when he's being played in a forward position, in his first three games, he got four goals, three assists, better than he had done the whole of the season before Solskjaer had arrived. And it's just incredible. I mean, it does show maybe a little lack of professionalism that he wasn't playing as well under Mourinho. But then again, nobody had the freedom to play that way. And Pogba being deployed a lot further forward with the ability to do the tricks and the fancy passes that we all know he is capable of doing, and it's just amazing to see the the change that one manager and one different style of play can have on
1: so many of the players. So, uh, I got my prediction wrong there, the uh, the, the game after Bournemouth-Brighton, the uh, South Coast Derby, uh, Leo got the uh, the Bournemouth win correct, uh, and I unfortunately didn't, again I predicted a draw. It was a week of big
0: upsets that, with Andros Townsend, which, in my opinion, I know we say it a lot, but that has to be a really serious goal of the season contender. An absolute belter. Crystal Palace winning 3-2 at the Etihad, which was completely unseen by anybody coming, and...
1: That's City losing, you know, you got United actually getting a result at Cardiff. I mean, the upset's just just flowing, flowing that week. Leicester as well, winning at Chelsea. Great week for Liverpool, it really was, but when you look back at it. You know, Liverpool winning at Molyneux, perfectly predicted by myself, a 2 0 win, and a big loss for, for Maurizio Sarri, and a great win for Leicester. Great goal as well with uh, Madison Tavardi, a combination where we are really starting to see coming coming through and then um, Fulham Newcastle
0: with a nil-nil draw that should have been easily predictable yeah, it, it is amazing though
1: on the on the 22nd of December having the season having started in August Fulham kept their first clean sheet of the season that's that's incredible yeah. that's what 12 15 games in more it's more than that and yeah. to be fair United have only kept
0: Two or three all season.
1: Yeah. But... I know, just keeping one cliche. I mean, I guess it's what happens when you uh, when you buy Callum Chambers and uh, expect him to sort it out. There's a reason we uh, let, let him go. And it's not 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 to gain any experience to come back, I don't think. And Can't then, see Callum Chambers with much of a future at the Emirates. Unfortunately not, especially the way... Uh, well, he's been played as a centre-mid for Fulham. Not really doing a lot, but he's sort of a... That kind of less good version of John Stones and what Guardiola did with him playing him as a sort of CDM.
0: I think that it just highlights the Ranieri's desperation to try something different. I mean, he's known for putting out some bizarre squads, players playing out of position. But I think that playing Callum Chambers as a holding midfielder is just one of those decisions for, for Ranieri that hasn't really gone his way. And Fulham, they're looking pretty ropes at the moment, aren't they? They're not looking very likely to stay up. Huddersfield included
1: 10 points. So far this season. Huddersfield, Fulham and Cardiff are definitely the, uh, the early uh, early favourites, I'd say. Well, I mean, not even too early anymore. We're halfway through, unfortunately.
0: Unfortunately, you might have to put Burnley down there as well. Burnley, you've got Burnley. to the European dream of beginning of the beginning of the season,
1: to then be yeah. only a few points above the draw. Well, drop. they made a terrible start because of it. I mean, having to fly to Turkey in midweek and then play on a Sunday was, was quite... Quite hard for Burnley and a, a tough loss away at Arsenal for them. They did sort of get back into Arsenal. I was there, played horrendously. It I was mean, it was one of the worst Arsenal performances of the season. We were. I mean, we've had some shockers. We. I mean, yeah. After that game, we did go and uh, draw to Brighton and then lose to Liverpool five one. But it was it was sort of coming really. I mean, Burnley at home is. I mean, it's got to be one of the easiest fixtures in the Premier League right now. Touching on Brighton, they've had
0: for a team that. Hasn't always had the greatest expectations. They've had, a, they've had a really successful festive period, drawing to Arsenal, beating Everton in two games where they wouldn't necessarily be expecting points, and then tying to West Ham on the form that they've been on of late.
1: Yeah, tune it up, I think, away, uh, West yeah, Ham. Yeah,
0: one of the funniest moments of the season, Andy Carroll, about a year out from injury, playing his first game in ages after 10 minutes has to go off because he's broken his nose getting kicked in the face by a ball. I mean, it is the Andy Carroll
1: story. I mean, the man that originally tore his ACL from getting drunk, getting locked out of the hotel, climbing up a balcony and then falling off. Uh, Hasn't been the most glamorous career after Liverpool, has it, Frank? Yeah, I mean, glamorous doesn't really strike you as one of the words to describe Andy Carroll. On his day, I remember that bicycle kick. Was it against Arsenal?
0: It was against Arsenal. Yeah, on this day he can do it. That's why Liverpool signed him. But it's just it's
1: actually no, it was against Crystal Palace. It's just it was against Crystal
0: Palace. Jack, it's like those Jack Wilshire, Daniel Sturridge, Andy Carroll. It must be so frustrating for them knowing that they have some quality and just yeah. never being able to perform. It's like Wilshere's played what five or six times for, for not for for West Ham this year. Yeah, <laughs> just can't stay away. And from them, And then
1: moving it? on to the uh, the boxing. Boxing Day festive fixtures. Boxing Day is always one of those great days in the in the Premier League calendar when you know it's gonna to be uh, tons and tons of games coming at you. Nothing extraordinary happened, uh, to be honest. Liverpool winning, United winning, Spurs winning 5-0 at home to Bournemouth. Arsenal getting a poor draw uh, away at Brighton. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, he missed
0: so many chances that game. He could have easily had a hat-trick or more.
1: Yeah, we never really got flowing. I mean, the massive decision Obviously, in that game was taking off Mesut Ozil uh, at half-time and also taking off Lacazette after about 70-odd minutes, which uh, surprised lots of fans at the stadium and and myself at home. It was an interesting one, and he brought on Awobi and uh, Maitland-Niles, and they did literally nothing, and it was a one-all draw. But obviously, the big result from that week, Leicester City winning at home to Man City 2-1. A
0: belter from Ricardo Pereira late on to win it for the Foxes, and that was...
1: City losing two on the spin. A really, really great result for Leicester, who, yeah, as you said, had a pretty good run as well, beating Chelsea at Stamford Bridge and then winning winning the game with a late, late goal at the King Power. Although you can't exactly credit Leicester too much, as
0: in the FA Cup, they got knocked out by second-tier Newport County. <laughs> um, so, not exactly the best, and lots of Leicester fans still calling for Claude Puel's head, but I think that showing that they can beat that they can beat man city and chelsea is obviously very
1: promising for them but it's their form is just so patchy at the moment. I mean, you, you never really want to say it as a football fan when you talk about, you know, maybe it was good we got knocked out of the cup. Because, you know, it doesn't really make you sound very good. But is that what Jürgen Klopp's
0: thinking, right?
1: Know, well, from, from a Leicester perspective uh, and a Liverpool, a Liverpool perspective as well, we just had the, uh, just to let our listeners know, we are recording this on the 9th of January, so we've just had the Tottenham Chelsea last night in the League Cup. So if you're Liverpool right now, you're out of the FA Cup having lost to Wolves, and then you've got Man City... Chelsea and Spurs all playing in two-legged League Cup semi-finals, which is like absolutely brilliant for you. Bear in mind, Liverpool also only have to play three of the top five teams, haven't played Arsenal and City twice already.
0: But you talk about Liverpool's run-in, and you do have to think that with only one Premier League capped centre-back fit at the moment, they've got to be hoping for some easy games, as... Dejan Lovren, Joe Gomez, and Joel Matip all out injured, which is why 16-year-old Kian Hover came on and played 85 minutes against Wolves on his debut for the club, which, you have to admit, is remarkable for someone born in 2002 to come <laughs> on and play so impressively. I mean, conceding two goals... But it was a brilliant performance, but Liverpool's defensive line of Alberto Moreno, Fabinho as a makeshift centre-back, and a 16-year-old uncapped player, it's got to be slightly concerning for Liverpool at the moment with uh, with their centre-back
1: issues. Yeah, well, I guess, issues. That, I guess that's the great thing about the Premier League, it all kind of balances out. They do have easily the, the best fixtures to come out of the top six sides, uh, also only having to go to one top six ground that isn't Anfield, uh, with only a trip to Old Trafford remaining. Mid-February, a- that's a big game. They, I mean, they, they have a, a great, great run-in, and uh, Liverpool are in a good position, but as you say, you know, the injuries are not looking good for them, so it will balance out, and where it goes from here, we are not too sure. But I mean, Virgil van Dijk can play
0: as a one-man centre-half, can't he? I mean, the man seems to be undefeatable in a sense. He's... I read a stat the other day. He's the only player... He's the only defender in the Premier League not to get dribbled past so far this season, which says something about his qualities on the ball, and the fact that Liverpool have only conceded seven, ten goals, sorry, so far this season, which for a club that used to be known for their defensive frailties is remarkable. I mean, ten goals in almost 20 games
1: is quite a record. Another stat I also liked was the um, that Alisson conceded ten goals at Anfield in and 2018. Five of them were in a Roma show. <laughs> yes, five of them are playing for Roma.
0: But then- Spurs, on Boxing Day, continuing their fine run of scoring... The week before scoring six against Everton and then five against Bournemouth four days after, meaning that 11 goals in two games for Pochettino's men. And I'm just hoping that provided the board don't keep Solskjaer on, I think every United's fan number one choice after that has to be Pochettino looking at what he's done with... A fairly average Spurs side and turn them into a brilliant team. Yeah, and having
1: won a lot of trophies as well on the long away.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, trophies aside, you can say the same about Klopp, what he's done to Liverpool. I mean, the actual quantitative number of trophies there is nothing but turning Spurs from a sixth spot solid into a, what are they, third in the league at the moment? It's quite impressive. With the Gareth Bale money
1: as well. Yeah, I mean, Gareth Bale did a lot for that club. Well, I mean, if you look at actually, that was one of the uh, the weirdest spendings of a, of money from from a massive transfer. Liverpool easily having spent their Coutinho and Suarez money the best out of any. Yeah, I mean, major who, did Spurs, who did Spurs bring in? So they, they brought they in Eric Lamella They brought in. And so the only people that renting. still play. The only people that still play for them are Eriksen and uh, Lamella from that. But you've got period. to say
0: Eriksen was a brilliant signing for fifteen million pounds. Yeah. Back they,
1: in. they did buy Etienne Capoue. They now Watford. They bought Soldado. No, it's Spain. They bought Ericsson. They bought Lamella. They bought... I'll, I'll think of some others. Did they buy Michel Vorm? I think they bought Michel Vorm. So, um, yeah.
0: I mean, £80, £90 million. Pounds and you can't exactly be too happy. Apart from the brilliant signing off Christian Ericsson. But, I mean, it says a lot about Everton under Marco Silva. Marco Silva. Under Marco Silva. To lose 6-2 and then come back within three days to be Burnley 5-1. And I mean, it says a lot about Burnley as well this yeah. season.
1: If you're, if you're Burnley, you're really not too proud of that. I um, mean, Burnley always had their home record to yeah. rely
0: on last season winning one away game in the entirety of 2017-18. And now Turf Moor not looking exactly like the fortress it was. I mean, Burnley fans might even be worried that they might have to be looking down their shoulder at the relegation zone in a little bit well, I, mean, oh, I think
1: they already are presently aren't they in the relegation zone I mean they're only two points above the relegation zone so they're, they're, they won't be too uh, pleased with that and so the, the the other round of fixtures that we uh, did miss the unfortunate 5-1 loss Anfield for Arsenal just you must to... have been buzzing after you opened the scoring well I mean yeah I can't say I wasn't but uh, I, well, I was always quite nervous the only thing that really really annoyed me was uh, how quickly we concede goals after we score uh, uh, if you look at Old Trafford, we conceded both our goals within like four or five minutes of scoring. Jesse Lingard was what 20 seconds? I think, yeah, I think it was 14 seconds after kickoff. Ridiculous. Um, then we had the Brighton goal away after just scoring. They scored just before half time. Uh, then we had, obviously, it has to be said, one of the jammiest goals of the season, Roberto Firmino's first one. It was ridiculous. And then he has some audacity to do the no look. It just, oh, it really does get you after a while. And then obviously scoring a a pretty sensational goal after that. But, I then mean, you've got, to, you've got to question a couple of the Arsenal defenders just getting sat down by him a bit too yeah. easily. Lich, for the first goal, Lich Steiner should have got rid. Instead, of he, instead he uh, decided to kick it into Mustafi, I believe it was, or maybe Xhaka. Just um, says a lot about Lich as an Arsenal signing. Yeah, terreira losing his footing, Xhaka and Mustafi just getting put on his arse. It, it was a poor defensive display. I, rem- I remember
0: texting Felix and a few others before the game questioning the start of Ainsley Mate Lenard in such a big game. I mean he did prove me wrong within about ten minutes going to score, but ultimately he was he was quiet. Abamian had I think the stat was he had thirteen touches the entire game and six of them were kickoffs which
1: says a lot about the supply to Arsenal's strikers during that game but it was it yeah. was it was a, a backs to the wall it was a, i mean you can't really blame a striker on that kind of on those kind of days he doesn't really get the uh, the service Iwobi has i have to say been completely revamped in the last 2 3 games I, I mean, remember the last time we recorded this you were slagging him off about having done nothing I, s- I still think Iwobi yeah. is catastrophically overrated by quite a lot of Arsenal fans but he started the season. In my was in very poorly. Some Arsenal fans said he played alright. I mean, he, he was alright for a couple of games. He then had this patch from like November, I mean, late October to November and December, where he was just shocking every single game. And then against Liverpool, and then uh, most recently against Fulham at home, playing really, really well and, and uh,
0: scoring in the cup as well. Although it has to be admitted again, it was against Blackpool away.
1: Right? Um, Joe Willett getting two that day must be, <laughs> yeah. Arsene Wenger's present to the club. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Awobi has been playing really well recently and playing some amazing balls in against Fulham. His passing was amazing. But I I mean, it's all about consistency for Awobi. You know, you get these young players, they come in. They play well for a bit, and then they get all like the the hype and the buzz around them. Obviously, Obe's been on the scene for a few years now; he's kind of used to it. But it is all about cons- maintaining consistency um, when among those those young players that are all sort of on and off in in the starting eleven. But I mean, you've got to talk about Stefan Leksteiner. I mean,
0: he hasn't had many good days in an Arsenal shirt. But I genuinely reckon that was his worst performance of the season for Arsenal. He was at fault for Bobby Firmino's goal. He was at fault for Mane's goal. Really poor marking after a corner. Well, Papastadopoulos did the penalty, but... It was all just... He got, be- he got beaten, leaving Socrates exposed for the penalty. And then, I mean... It just, like,
1: basic I mean, he was sort of brought in as... He was He, he was a cover. Yeah, he, he was wasn't meant to be a starting right-back. He wasn't meant to be starting games away at Anfield. Obviously, you don't know how the season's going to pan out, but... And Bellerin with, injury. With Bellerin being injured, it is uh, obviously quite difficult and unprepared for, but you, you do have to be ready for those sorts of things. He's just been incredibly poor he's meant to be leading maybe not with his footballing ability but definitely with his, his leadership qualities and, and his, experience. his experience he's 34 he's been at Juventus for at least
0: won- I'd say 6 or 7 years at least yeah I think he's won the last <clears throat> seven, 7 titles yeah he's been he's been solid at Juventus and when I saw the signing I thought on a free transfer you've got yourself a really good deal there but he's just he hasn't adapted to the Premier League
1: at all and it's just been it's been a really odd one for him yeah, I don't. I don't think he'll be uh, playing too much when Bellerin comes back. Who is now in full training uh, before the West Ham
0: game. I mean, all Arsenal fans must be glad to that getting Lichsteiner off the pitch. Yeah,
1: I mean, when you look at players that haven't performed this year, amongst Arsenal fans, we're a bit torn about Awobi, but Mkhitaryan and Lichsteiner just completely stand up, both having been bought in the, within the last year. Mkhitaryan in January and the Alexis swap deal. I'm not sure who's got the... It's not about... With that swap deal, it's not who's done the best, it's who's done the worst. It wasn't a win-win, it was a lose-lose. I mean, we could either keep Alexis Sanchez and him sort of moaning and becoming a one-man team for the rest of the season, or try and get a new player in who might be more willing to play the way we wanted to. But Mkhitaryan's just been woeful. I mean, really woeful. His his best game was his first game. Everton at home last year, we won 5-1. Ramsey scored a hat-trick. Bamiang scored his first goal. That was his best game in an Arsenal shirt, and it was his debut. I mean, having said about Spurs' 11 goals in two games, straight after that, Wolves
0: come to Wembley and beat them 3-1. It's the Premier League. What can you say? It's the festive period. Wolves scoring three late goals in that game to really disrupt Spurs' brilliant run of form. And it proves the Wolves can do it in the big games. Losing to Liverpool in the league, obviously, but it would be a tall order for most people to beat Liverpool. But they've.
1: Not for, not for all, as we will come on to
0: soon. They've taken points off City, off United, off Chelsea, off Spurs, off Arsenal, maybe? Uh, we drew to Wolves, one of Yeah, or I mean, apart from Liverpool aside, in their first six games against the Big Six. They only got beaten by one of them. For a newly promoted team as well, it's, it's a really amazing run of form. And in the cup, beating Liverpool shows that, I'm not sure what Nuno Santos says to his side before the big games,
1: but... Seems to work. It's just about beating those, those bottom sort of eight sides. But it's, it's, a, it's incredible, Wolves, because they beat Spurs,
0: one of the best sides in the league at the moment... And then the next game, they lose to Palace. I don't. Yeah. I just don't understand how they can be so patchy, but I don't know. It's swings and roundabouts, isn't it? They've for a newly promoted team, they've been doing incredibly well so far. And then the
1: uh, the early January, the 2019, kicking off the Premier League with some fairly eventful games. Not no, no uh, crazy, crazy results in in the the games leading up to obviously the the biggest game of the season so far, Man city Liverpool, which we will come on to. In a second to uh, dissect further. Chelsea not being able to score against Southampton and drawing 0-0. That was probably the sort of biggest result from that weekend. Aside from that, Spurs winning 3-0 at Cardiff. Arsenal beating Fulham 4-1. As you'd expect. Leicester and Everton are kind of close. Both teams a bit sort of up and down. And Leicester winning 1-0 at Goodison. Which uh, Everton will kind of be wanting to put this this sort of poor run they've got going on to bed. One um, of the one of
0: the greatest games, the greatest second half, I think, of this season has to be the Brighton-West Ham game, Brighton scoring two in two minutes to go up away at the London Stadium and then West Ham scoring two in two minutes with a brace from Marco Arnautovic on only his first or second game back from, from injury and also one of the worst defensive performances, it has to be said, of the season so far, Bournemouth-Watford Three Great or. first half,
1: though. Yes, yeah, six Three goals or. in
0: the first half, back and forth all the time. It was it was brilliant entertainment, but I don't think either coach will be too happy with the way their teams played in the first half.
1: It has to be said. Yeah, and a, a good good weekend for uh, for Arsenal and Spurs fans, looking at Chelsea slipping up there, you know, chance to make up a bit of ground. But that's Angus what's... Gunn on his debut for that's... Southampton, keeping a clean sheet, saving a few with his
0: face. It has to be said, <laughs> but I mean. Yeah, the- if it doesn't go in, then you've done your job. And the- United winning again, the Pogba Shelby flare up, and it sh- I mean, it should have been a red card. I think most people can most people can agree with that. Yeah. In real time, it looked like Pogba made a meal of it, which I wouldn't be surprised if he did. He's a bit of a showman of sorts. But on the replay, Jonjo uh, Shelby puts his entire boots worth of studs into the space between Pogba's knee and his ass, and. On most most other pl- most other players, that would be a red card. But I don't know, John Joe Selfie, just seems Standby, to be, He <laughs> just seems to get away with. Maybe it's he gets the, away with murder on a football pitch. It's has to be said, the old Liverpool man inside of him. Um, and then brilliant link from Felix. The Liverpool
1: game, Man City Liverpool. The biggest game of the season, highly anticipated by every football fan. It's basically Liverpool against the world because um, no one can really bear to see Liverpool lift the Premier League trophy for the first time in their history as
0: a United fan that is genuinely the stuff of nightmares well, I, mean, I don't think anybody in the world apart
1: from Liverpool fans would want to see Liverpool win the league I mean we're talking about lose-lose situations <laughs> being a United fan having to choose between Liverpool or Man City winning the league I mean it's a that's got to be up there <laughs> it's, a, it's a dire spot to be in because I was
0: actively supporting City in that game something I never thought I'd do but I was I was I was on my feet when Sane scored that winner with a great finish. It has to be said across the keeper. But yeah, it's just it's not where you want to be as a United fan, is it? Especially on this run of form when Liverpool are in the chance of winning the league. It's got to be done, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, they're currently they're currently four points clear at the top, and I mean, it really is only City who can stop them, isn't it? Because I can't see Spurs mustering the sort of the form to really go on and push for a, a title challenge, even. It does seem to be a bit of a two-horse race this year,
1: but at least there's competition. I mean, it, Spurs were the first team that managed to come third in a two-horse race, so you never know. Uh, that, that analogy doesn't really work with Tottenham because oh. they seem to... Always be able to just pull one out of the hat. Just
0: when you think they're doing really well, they're going, like, lose to Wolves at home or something. Just when there's a
1: bit of hope and they're second in the league. Or when they were top when Leicester won the league. Tottenham, I don't see them as a real title contender, to be honest. I mean, don't get me wrong, they've been playing well, but uh, overall, I think their best chance, easily, of silverware is the uh, the Capital One Cup, or sorry, the, the uh, Carabao Cup. Just call it the League Cup. I, mean, I think it's
0: just easier for everyone if it's the League yeah. Cup. Being
1: 1-0 up against Chelsea, going into the second leg at Stamford Bridge now, I mean, you don't know, City in the final, potentially, unless an absolute upset is pulled off by Burton Albion. Imagine if Burton did it. They've never even got to the quarters, and now they're going to the Etihad. Well, Tottenham will definitely definitely be focusing on that rather than uh, winning the league, because I don't think that is their best shot. I've just so. realized,
0: what is it with the League Cup and alliteration? Because wasn't it the Carling Cup at one point?
1: Yeah, Carling Cup, Caraba Cup. There was also the Milk Cup. That doesn't really uh, work too well. Oh, One Cup as well. Cup. Yeah, maybe they like the Cs, it does, it does roll off the... The <laughs> Milk Cup. It was the Milk Cup. <laughs> Oxford United's only trophy is the Milk Cup in the like the 1970s. That's good knowledge, I'll give you that. I mean, I'm sure this time, won the milk. I mean this time last
0: year you could have given the league to City and nobody would have really had major qualms with it. But but Liverpool this year, with Van Dijk and the defensive solidarity that that's brought with it, I mean at least there's competition. Like I know it's between Liverpool and City, but I'm just glad that it's not completely decided because it got so boring towards the back end of last year yeah
1: well I I think this title race really will go down to the wire as will I think the more interesting race the top four I think top four will be incredibly incredibly interesting this year
0: under Solskjaer United have crawled back from what they. I think at one point there was an 11-point gap to the top four. Arsenal, it has to be said, only two wins in their last five. And stumbling a bit. United, four wins in a row under Solskjaer. Five now, having beaten Reading in the cup. Big game against Tottenham coming up. Big, big game against Tottenham. Solskjaer hasn't been tested yet against a big side. He's played Huddersfield, Cardiff, Bournemouth, Newcastle and Reading. Which, while the style of play has been a lot better, Spurs is a massive test. Yeah. But with Arsenal in the FA Cup, PSG in the Champions League coming up, they are going to be big tests for Solskjaer. But I'm foolishly optimistic. And I do think that having been battered by Spurs 3-0 at home, I've just... Solskjaer's sure just taken over everyone at United. And yeah. Three well,
1: points I, off Arsenal in fifth. It's the, it's the new manager optimism. You know, they win a couple games and everyone thinks they're going to win the league. It's what happened with, uh, with Van Gaal I remember Van Hal's first game. Uh, you won 4 0 at home to QPR. Angel Di Maria scored that like free kick. in nine touch. And everyone sort of thought, you know, <laughs> United were favourites for, wo- for the World Cup. We're back. <laughs> um, so that does bring us perfectly on to. Predictions for the next week the standout fixture as we've just talked about is United Tottenham at Wembley We haven't got a uh, comment on Leah's as to what he thinks the score will be so kicking off uh, the first game West Ham Arsenal We're not forgetting Arsenal this week. I can't believe we did last week. I'm, I'm really surprised
0: that Felix actually managed to forget Predicting Arsenal, although I don't think anyone could have seen Burnley beating Arsenal in their current form. Yeah,
1: I mean it's pretty, uh, pretty much a given, isn't it? Really, but
0: the lunchtime kickoff on the Saturday, Arsenal making the trip to the London Stadium to West face Ham,
1: West Ham in terrible form.
0: There is a there is a strange comparison, isn't there, between Felipe Anderson's form and West Ham's form? When he plays well, they do well. So, Leo, what do you think, West Ham Arsenal? I mean, I'd love to predict a West Ham win just to piss you off, but I can't. So, West Ham playing awfully at the moment. I'm going to go 3-1 to Arsenal. I think it'll be fairly easy for them.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't rate our defence as as does anyone that watches football or has watched Arsenal this year. Although it could be
0: the return of Bellerin, maybe, if he's fit.
1: I think West Ham will score. was back. I think we'll win this. You know, two years ago we did get it An amazing 5-1 win away at West Ham with Sanchez and Oxley chamberlain actually on the score sheet that day. I know Felix still has a soft spot for Chamberlain. Chamberlain is sort of still my favourite Arsenal player, even though he doesn't actually play for us anymore. But I haven't really accepted that. A bit like Olivier Giroud. But yeah, I think we'll win this. I think West Ham will score, though. I think we'll win 2-1. But a comfortable 2-1. You know, you can get comfortable 2-1s. I think we'll have one
0: of those. And then it's Brighton this time, who have the inevitable
1: loss to Liverpool. I mean... Or, or does the slip continue? Having lost their last two games, does the slip continue for Liverpool? It's a big moment because remember last year when City lost to Liverpool? They then went and lost in the Champions League to Liverpool as well. And they had a couple of slips. I think they had a draw somewhere soon after. They had that uh, draw to Palace as well as Selhurst Park just before But I mean, the City came. losing in the Champions League, yeah, sure, but... Come on, it's Brighton. I,
0: I do think uh, Liverpool will win, but I don't know. If Brighton might get resolved. The, the the Amex
1: Fortress, as uh, nobody calls it.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna call this one as a three nil. I think Liverpool are just gonna roll on.
1: Last time I made a sort of uh, out there prediction, I wasn't really rewarded. But then I also said that. City, uh, City, were going to beat Palace five 0 um, I mean, nobody could have seen that though. I, mean, I know it didn't go thought? to plan, but oh, Brighton—they just, just—they lost their lead against West Ham. I really want.
0: A I, I mean, I, I want a Brighton, more than Brighton to I win. I just can't see
1: happening. I'll just go for a oh, four 0 I think they'll just—they'll just silence the critics completely. Burnley, Fulham.
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I reckon that's got nil nil written it's, all, it's all funny, over it. It's
1: funny they can't both lose because that—that's basically what they do, really. Burnley, Fulham at. The uh, again, not <laughs> the turf more fortress. As do you know? I actually can People
0: used to call it, but I can't predict a nil nil because neither of them seem able to keep clean sheets at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go for a one all, I think.
1: But only for, um, I don't know, Mitrovic can on his day be very good. Cessnion sort of starting to not, I wouldn't say come alive, but starting to He's really starting sh- to play, which showing, is the most important Yeah,
0: thing. Sh- showing what he could do in the championship. I mean, Mitrovic not exactly having the best run-up yeah. to that game, being bought on and with his first touch of the game in the FA Cup, missing a
1: penalty. He yeah, was bought on specifically to settle the tie against League 2 Oldham. We didn't uh, talk about Kamara and the whole penalty gate with, uh, with Mitrovic no, taking it's the ball. That's embarrassing, isn't it? That's incredible. Ranieri,
0: Kamara. after the game, in his press conference, I know Ranieri has had an interesting press conference or two in his time, but he sat down and said, well, I wanted to kill him. Yeah. And, I mean, Mitrovic did save his blushes scoring in the 91st minute. But what are you calling Burnley-Fulham? I'm I mean? saying
1: a 2-0 Fulham victory. Actually, do you know what? I'm going to go 2-1. They're not going to keep a clean sheet. Can't keep a clean sheet. What am I talking about?
0: Callum Chambers, is 10 and mid. It's never going
1: well. <laughs> Cardiff-Huddersfield,
0: Burnley-Fulham and Cardiff-Huddersfield. That's what? The bottom four in
1: action? I believe so. Bottom five. Southampton, we're going to come to.
0: Yeah, but I think Southampton have got a chance this
1: year. I mean, they are in the
0: relegation zone at the moment, but four, a new four manager. Out of the
1: bottom five playing each other. This is a massive weekend for the uh, yeah exactly. Fulham win is bigger. Huddersfield win would be would be huge. Bottom by four points now. I mean, they're eight points off the drop.
0: More than halfway through the season. I don't think they're safe. Well, not uh, they're obviously going down. I reckon, but I don't think there's even much positivity. Cardiff.
1: Cardiff hovering two points to Arsenal. It is. It's a very close one. So Cardiff Huddersfield. Absolutely huge game. Um, Cardiff away. losing Neil Etheridge, of course, going away as Matt Ryan
0: has to the Asia Cup of Nations. And uh,
1: Aaron Moy for Huddersfield. Yeah, Big as, loss as well. as
0: well. But I just find it so irritating that Spurs have managed to hold on to Hyung min Son just for the United game. Yeah. He, leaves, he leaves to go on international duty after the United game. And after his ero- his heroic per- performances in qualifying, he managed. Spurs managed to wriggle him out of a couple of games to keep him for the United game. I mean, I'm honoured that they thought of us as that much of a challenge, having wiped the floor with us at Old Trafford. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, kind of say, what is
1: your prediction? I'm gonna go with a.
0: Cardiff win. I think Huddersfield have just
1: been so, so poor this season. Well, unfortunately, I was going to say the exact same thing, but, you know, we have that rule that we can't have identical predictions because it's a bit boring. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 Cardiff win. It will be awkward when
0: Huddersfield go down because I've seen a picture of the Welcome to Huddersfield sign and their sign has the Terriers logo on it and it says Premier Town,
1: Premier League. Are you tempting fate, there, or oh, what are they tempting fate, or are you tempting fate, saying you can't wait for them to go down? It is uh, I think it's inevitable, really. I mean, it? Champion
0: Town Championship doesn't exactly sound doesn't it? it doesn't <laughs> have the same ring to it, does it? No. But anyway, Crystal Palace, Watford uh, next on the fixture I really list. I'm gonna
1: go. Both teams sort of all right and can pull off a a big win. They're very close. Oh no, I <laughs> said they're, very close. they're just not. <laughs> Watford, obviously the better side. If you're looking at form, in eighth position compared to Crystal Palace is 14th. So I'm going to go for a Watford win in this London derby. I'm going to go for a 3-1 Watford win. Actually, no. No, Aaron Wambasaka. He's going to win it. Uh, uh, Felix has uh, this Felix has
0: this strange love for Aaron wambasaka bissaka No, think no, no. It's, it's Crystal football. Palace
1: full It must Palace come fullbacks. from
0: fancy football. Last year, it was Van Arnholt. Holt.
1: Okay, I'm going to go for a
0: 1-0 Palace win, actually. I've completely changed my mind. Do you know what? Thinking about it, We've all talked about how poor Huddersfield have been this season, but they're on 10 points. When you think about that Derby side, the Robbie Savage captained, only got 11 points the entire season. And one win. And one win. Huddersfield have won twice. I mean, Huddersfield, they only need one draw in their remaining 17 games to equal Derby. I mean, I've never really actually <laughs> had a comparison as to how bad that Derby team was.
1: Huddersfield yeah, have lost their last five. Their form does look pretty They've bad. lost more than their last five,
0: mate. They've lost, They've lost 15, 15 out of 21 this season. They're not
1: looking great. So no, what do you okay, say? Yeah. Crystal Palace-Watford. I'm going to go
0: for a Watford win 2-1. I think that they're going to edge it. Coming off the back of what has... It was a walk in the park against non-league Woking in the FA Cup. I was actually gonna head down to that game. It's only about an hour from my house, but I'm glad I didn't because Woking were one of the worst sides that I've watched in recent Woking years.
1: Well Second-last game on the Saturday, Leicester, Southampton. Gotta be predicting a. Uh, I think we'll have a lot of Leicester, angry Leicester fans if you don't predict them beating the uh, the relegation. Relegation tipped. Uh, Southampton at home. Although, what I, I'm not gonna dare pronounce. The Southampton manager's name, give it a go. Oh, I hasn't hasn't Hot Block. I don't know. Something about that, yeah.
0: But I do think they've picked up, obviously recently beating Arsenal in the heading masterclass of the season. But I do think Leicester are still going to be too good. I'm going to say 2-0. <laughs> Southampton hasn't been that good in front of goal. Have okay. I stolen new prediction again? I was there. also going to say
1: 2-0, so next prediction I'm definitely going first. I'm going to go for a 1-0 th- actually. They're the masters of the 1 0. They are. So I'll go with that. Newcastle, uh, Chelsea. I dibs this one. I will predict first. And I'm going to go for a. Chelsea coming off the midweek game away. And the. I mean,
0: it was an easy FA Cup win for them, but Buzz, having been
1: on the Tuesday, we'll go for a. It's Newcastle. A 4 2. Chelsea win.
0: God, he's really pushing the boat out. I wasn't going to say 4-2, so (laughs) I'm glad for that. But emotional scenes on the weekend at Chelsea. Cesc Fabregas missing a penalty in his last game for Chelsea. It was an awful penalty, but in tears after the game, after a really good innings in England with Arsenal and with Chelsea. But there's only one way this game's going to go. I'm going to say 3-0 to Chelsea. 3-0 Chelsea. And then moving on to the Sunday, lunchtime kickoff: everton Bournemouth. Bournemouth have been so poor after a really, really good start to the season when they were, what, they were fifth for a bit? Having lost, having one win in their last five coming at Brighton and I can't see them getting a result here. I'm going to go with a 2-0 to Everton.
1: I actually think after Everton's pretty poor run of form, uh, apart from having beaten Burnley, I'm going to go for a 2-0 Bournemouth win. I think... uh, David Brooks is going to get on the score sheet. He's been amazing so far this season, hasn't he? Standout. I mean, there have been lots of good young players in the league this year, but David Brooks has always impressed me whenever I've watched him. One thing that really irritates me is
0: the whole Callum Hudson-Odoi saga. Just young English players in general. Chelsea obviously recently signing Christian Pulisic from Dortmund for... In the 58 summer. £58 million. Pounds. He's joining them for, for next season, having been loaned back to Dortmund for the remainder. He was benched by Dortmund to make room for Jaden Sancho, another young Englishman who couldn't get a game. And Dortmund have come in with a £30 million bid for Callum Hudson odoi And having played two games in a row for Chelsea against Spurs and getting two assists for Alvaro Morata. In the cup. He's a remarkable talent that obviously England know about and English football fans know about, but Chelsea just can't seem to get it right with young players. Loftus-Cheek coming into the team late on, but it's just, it's annoying that young English players in general can't get a
1: game. Yeah, well, there is a new UEFA policy, I think, I read about, that's being brought in, that's kind of stopping the whole sort of buying players just to loan them out. You have to sort of, they have to be at your club for a certain amount of time or something to do with that, which sounds like a bit of a disaster It's like Chelsea. the navigator,
0: isn't it? Yeah. They
1: signed him a year in advance. Well, yeah, that, that was different because the, it wasn't really their player who kind of just like agreed to join or something. I'm not really sure, but Chelsea do sort of have that, a bit of a problem with the whole uh, loaning them out. And then uh, never really playing them in their first team. I think at one point last season,
0: they had something like 30 players out on loan. But, I mean, that's if they
1: want to run their club that way, that's up to them. Yeah. But then, last two games, nice and a, a quick. Spurs United, we've talked about it a lot. For me, I'm going to go for a 1-0. More in hope than expectation. I reckon Solskjaer can get a result. I really, really hope Spurs can slip up. 1-0. I'm going... Two
0: one United. Wow. I think with we really hate
1: Spurs. This should be the we hate Spurs podcast. But I think that I'm, I'm not, gonna, I've I got be nothing against
0: Spurs. But it's like I'm all aboard the Soshar hype train at the moment, as I think every United fan is at the right now. And I mean, what with Eric Bailly suspended, it is Phil Jones and Lindelof. But I do think that United can get a result and. Hopefully, we'll get a result having been battered by Spurs last time out. But yeah, you know, I'm I'm going for a two-one. I'm not. I don't think we're going to keep a clean sheet. We never do these days. But Pogba and Rashford will bring it home for us. I'm certain of it. Well. and then the Monday night kickoff, Man
1: City Wolves. Well, another, this, another this, big, another this is a big six. game. Another Wolves game against a big side, and obviously being buoyed by the FA Cup. Giant killing as they were, took Liverpool out of the competition But I think Guardiola knows the position he's in He knows he really can't lose another game the rest of the season If they want to win the league We saw against Liverpool the kind of professional job that Guardiola gets his players to do And in those big time situations He manages, almost always, to get it done And I'm going for a 3-0 Man City win
0: I don't think City have had the toughest run-ups Beating Rotherham What was it,
1: 7? Was it 7? 7-0 Ikai again. Getting a four, assists. four assists, first time in English football since Cesc Fabregas did that for Arsenal or course. For Arsenal, of course. And
0: then Burton Albion in the League Cup. I'm gonna go for a. Th- I'm, I'm actually gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call Wolves again. I'm, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna get a one-all draw. I think they are gonna do it again against the big six. But then that wraps it up for this week. Sorry about the long delay, but festive games coming thick and fast. What can you do? Don't forget to get in touch at PL Roundup Show on Twitter and at Premier League Roundup Show on Gmail. Thank you very much for listening. Drop us a review on iTunes if you would. Massively helps the podcast. And we'll see you next time. Thank you very much.